What's up, podcast listeners? It's your boy, Matt Baxter on the Matt Baxter Show, and I'm bringing to you an awesome episode with the beautiful, amazing, high on life, Lauren Schwab. So Lauren Schwab is just this really, really well-connected. I don't know how she has all the energy in the world that she does. She's this badass that's working out like crazy all over the place, but she's also the founder of Lifestyle Upgrade Coach, and also she teaches a lot of courses around the lifestyle upgrade. Um, I would highly recommend that you reach out to her, tune in to all that she's doing in the world of faith, inspiration to people, and just how to make your life better. But on this episode of the podcast, we dive into her life journey, her story, and she's just a fabulous, inspiring individual. And I hope you enjoy this episode, uh, listening to it as I did as much as chatting with Lauren. So Lauren, thank you so much for who you are. Keep kicking butt out there. Lauren, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Super excited. So where are you recording from? I'm recording from my amazing bedroom in Marina Del Rey, California. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. What's Okay, so you're catching me at a very unique time. West Michigan is beautiful during August, and so I can't complain. Even we got a little sunshine coming in, which is unique for us. But what's like typical weather day for you there? Today, I'm looking out the window. It's sunny, probably 75, because that's the typical sunny and 75. Um, we did have a lot of May gray and June bloom, so we had, and we're on the water here, so a lot of times it's kind of that fog and smog roll in, but we usually go for a hike and chase sunsets, so we get up above the clouds and we can still find the sun every day. Well, uh, the whole like uh, f- month of February is pretty much lake effect snow, followed by complete utter gray days, and so, you know, if you get a foggy day, I don't feel all that bad for you, yeah. but... <laughs> all of the overcast days because we don't get them that often and so I'm like great I can go out without a hat on this is amazing (laughs) I'll still get sunburned as you can tell I've got some fair skin so it it happens so are you were you is that where you're originally from no so I'm originally from Kansas okay quite the transition (laughs) very much is there plans to go back to Kansas are you a full convert to the California life or what's the what's the little background there So I followed the Yellow Brick Road from Kansas to California just over 11 years ago. When I first came out, I think it was just a wild hair in a big U-Haul. Honestly, I don't really remember the exact reason why. But I thought, I'll go back in like a year. I'm definitely going to go back to have a family, raise my kids. They're going to go to the same high school because my grandparents graduated from there, my parents, cousins, all of us. And so that was the plan. And as you can see, 11 years later, I'm not back there. I'm also not married with kids either. So I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if I'll end up, you know, back there for a family reunion and meeting someone and moving back to Kansas. So I'll never say never. Uh, I just don't. Hold on. Do we have to be a little careful that you said going back to a family reunion to meet somebody? Is this like some West Virginia going on? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Half my family's from Arkansas. That's fair. That's fair. Um, But I'm just saying, when I go back to visit family and then I meet up with friends or who knows, maybe like a dating app or something. Of course, of course. Yeah, exactly. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. (laughs) So tell me, tell me the whole, tell me the whole life background. I know you got some really cool things going on that we're going to dive into, but tell me aside from just meeting, you know, uh, a boyfriend at a family reunion, what's, what's the back history of Lauren and, and your life leading up to today? Oh, I just got really excited about meeting my future <laughs> husband at my family reunion. 
You know, someone could bring someone to a family reunion. Okay? Exactly, exactly. It's got to be a West Virginia joke in there somewhere. <laughs> but, all right, so we're good. Um, okay, so yeah, as I mentioned, from Kansas, grew up there. There is not much else to do besides play sports. So I played just about every sport you can imagine. My grandpa coached me in about every single one of those sports. So I attribute those skills to him as well as just my mental skills. He was is still a mentor, coach, role model, father figure, grandfather. He wears every single hat when it comes to me. So any interview I ever do, any podcast, any speech, anything, I'm talking about my grandpa all throughout there. Um, I have grandpa jokes. I have alliteration grandpa, like everything grandpa. So um, yeah, I thank him for everything that I am and will be. And yeah, so that was pretty much the gist of growing up in Kansas, playing sports. I played basketball in college. And then after that is when I um, made the move out west. Where'd you go to school? I went to Friends University. It was a um, Quaker Christian college in Wichita. That's cool. That's awesome. And so right after you graduated from school, that's what made the move out to California? Yeah, my mom made me walk across the stage for graduation. So I actually graduated in the fall, so in December but I did the whole graduation thing because I was a nerd and I had a 4.0. And so I was like magna cum laude. She needed me to go do the thing. So I promised her I would do that. But literally the day after the graduation, the U-Haul was packed and I was out. So I graduated a semester early in December as well. Did not have a 4.0, did not walk. Like my mom made me dress up cap and gown, walk down the stairs at our house. But she was like, I'm not making you. Turns out it ended up being like one of the coldest days in May when graduation happened so I'm really happy I didn't but difference between a 4.0 student and not so congratulations <laughs> I kind of love that your mom made you walk down the oh, street. oh yeah yeah I had to go I had to go take a picture on a separate day with my cap and gown to frame it for her so that was that's yeah amazing. yeah, yeah. Amazing. but I didn't have to walk so thank goodness for that <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the the move like what was like what was the emotions of the move out to California what was going through your head was this excitement was this fear was this like obviously you're uh, hometown Kansas, a lot of family around. So you're moving away from that. What's, what's kind of going through your head? Yeah, I think after staying there for college and I've just been super close with my family, it was very, very hard. I lived with my grandparents for like eight years as well, um, all through middle school and high school. So I think it was very difficult to leave my grandparents and then knowing that they were older and things like that. And it's been 11 years and they're still going strong. So that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely a very much a family person. We went to church every Sunday and got together at my grandparents afterwards. And I knew a lot of my cousins were getting married, having babies. I mean, there's probably like 40 babies since I've left. There's a lot. So you kind of feel like you miss out on that. Um, luckily we have social media to keep up and FaceTime and things like that. Um, but yeah, I was very homesick the first year. There were flights on Allegiant from LA to Wichita, direct flight for $19. So I went back more than, I spent more time in Kansas the first That's year than California. Gotta be cheaper than driving. Uh, like. Yeah, very cheaper than driving and also cheaper than just staying in LA for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually cheaper to get away. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's so awesome. yeah, there was a lot of emotions. It was definitely hard to leave. Um, and I definitely held on for quite a long time there. So what was like the, the first career step when you arrived in LA? What was the kind of initial, I guess, what did you go to, did you say, what did you go to school for? I went to school for business marketing and finance. Cool. 
Okay. Um, didn't really do a ton with that right away. When I first moved out, I, I got a job working for a holistic acupuncture doctor in Santa Monica, as well as I was working with a guy kind of as his executive assistant, but we were working on a project um, called Lean Teen, actually, and it was a, a health and wellness program for teens. So we worked on that for quite a while, actually, and then he kind of took that and, and ran with it. So that's really what I was doing. I, I kind of stayed in the health and fitness and wellness space. I got my personal training certification, started training clients on the beach, doing boot camps, things like that, um, until I later ended up opening a couple gyms. So uh, a franchise based out of Australia. We opened a couple locations here in Southern California, and that was really, really fun. So I've kind of stayed in that whole like fitness arena since I've been out here. Can we go back to the acupuncture conversation for a quick second? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, do you have any affiliations? Are you allowed to freely talk? No NDAs? Like you can just talk. What, 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 if I'm going to walk in with the need of acupuncture, what am I seeking to get out of it? Yeah, so this was a really interesting thing for me. I kind of feel like God just places you where you need to be in all situations. So the first thing that would actually happen when you would come in there is you would get a full blood panel done. So it was a function. He was a functional medicine doctor. So before he would ever put a needle in you, um, he would actually take your blood and he would get like a 15 page report and he would like read through to see like what exactly your specific needs were. Um, and I had never had acupuncture. I'd never heard of functional medicine. I still ate, you know, like, Papa John's pizza dipped in garlic sauce and, and Wendy's and Arby's and all the fast food. Um, that's what I was used to. And I was able to eat like that because I was training all the time. So it worked out. But then once I you know started working for him, I completely, he changed my life. He would be like second to my grandfather. I look at him the same exact way. And unfortunately he passed away last year, um, but I had a very close relationship with him that entire time. So that's why I say I feel like God led me there because he changed my diet the way that I train, the way that I show up in the world. Um, so it was a great experience there. And I think that his patients also experienced that. So it wasn't just about the needles. It was more yeah, about yeah. the experience. But um, as far as getting the acupuncture, I did it three times a week while I worked there. And um, I will say there was one specific thing when it came to, well, allergies, things like that, all of that. But I actually got a really bad knee injury hiking where my knee popped super loud. I didn't have insurance at the time. Um, everyone kind of thought it was my meniscus. So he would do needles with electroshock. Um, like every single day he would do it for me. And I never had surgery and I never had, like I'm obviously okay today. So I don't know, like, <laughs> unless it was just a placebo and I just believed it was yeah. working, then um, there was something going on there that was able to heal. And I mean, I'm talking when my knee popped, I rolled down the mountain couldn't walk for like eight weeks, like was no on crutches type of thing. So, <laughs> so for somebody who's never had acupuncture, is it like, can it help somebody who doesn't really have any major issues? I mean, we all have things to fix, but like, I, that's what I know. I know so little about acupuncture. Like is, can you walk in and get benefits out of it? Or is there like, it's, it's there to solve a specific problem? I think one of the biggest things that it can help is stress. And a lot of people don't know that they're walking around with stress. They'd be like, Oh, I'm happy. I'm living a great life. You know, my shoulders are up here all the yeah, time. Yeah, they're up another. here. <laughs> and you know, there's like anxious tendencies and their hearts racing. All of a sudden, here's the thing. It does catch up with you at some point and you'll have a panic attack or you'll get anxious or there'll be something, you'll get a rash. Like 
something will happen from this internal stress that you don't know you're carrying. So that's why I think acupuncture, the cool thing about it is you end up with like, you know, needles in your hands and face. So you're laying there, you're not on your phone, <laughs> you're fully unplugged. So like an hour session of you laying there with some red light therapy on you, kind of meditating, listening to different music and things like that. I would say that's probably even more of the benefit of like, if you do that two to three times a week where you're intentional about taking an hour to do that, um, that in general will be benefit. You could lay in your own bed and do that and put some red light therapy on you and stick a needle in yourself <laughs> um, so that you don't grab your phone. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so fair you say that actually, because I went through like a bunch of PT for some con like concussions and some like neck related stuff. And then same thing with like shoulder surgery. And yes, like the actual physical therapy was super helpful, but I think just also like sitting there with like a heating pad on for like an hour without a, or 30 minutes without a, your phone. Like that was just as much like healing and therapeutic as the actual physical therapy. So yeah. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Not to yeah. mention, you know, the oddness of like having needles in you probably is like something you're spending a lot of time thinking about too. So <laughs> yeah, you just, you completely surrender. It's like a moment of full surrender. It's like if, you know, he would put a little bell by your hand. So if something did happen where you're <laughs> uncomfortable or needed to like move, you had to ring the bell. So it's like, you pretty much fully like, don't move because <laughs> you don't want things to like kind of move around and like poke you in a different way. So yeah, it's like a moment of full surrender and just deep breathing. You're just really focused on your breath and being present in that moment. That's awesome. Well, not that we planned on talking about acupuncture, but thank you for, thank you for humoring me on that. Yeah. So, so you got into opening up a few different gyms in LA. So how long was that stretch of time? What's kind of the, yeah, I guess, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I actually got connected um, with the founders of the company through another friend who was considering opening the first franchise in the US. And so I met with them and through that, they actually brought me on as a project manager for their launch in the US. And so we did a big event at the US Open of Surf in Huntington Beach. It was a 10 day event where we had people come through and run through uh, basically an obstacle course with, that was for exercise with 10 different exercises. And there would be a winner at the end. I think the winner ended up winning like $100,000. Like it was really cool. Um, we had over 10,000 people come through. So it was a really, really big event. And through that whole process, I was flying different athletes to Vegas to, to check out one of the studios that opened there. And I'm like, man, I think I've kind of always wanted to open a gym. Maybe this would be a great opportunity to do that. So I met some other people that wanted to open the same franchises. And so we decided to go in together and partner up. And so we opened um, Venice Beach and also Pacific Palisades together. So I would say like from start of being the project manager to opening my first studio was about a year. Um, and then the second studio opened six months later. And after about two years, um, I decided to sell my part in that and move on from that. I think it's really important to talk about like partnerships and what that looks like because I didn't know these people before. And I was the girl in the fitness industry with all the friends and the network, right? So I was the one getting all the members like signed up and I was running classes, doing accounts receivable, payable, like everything, right? And they were more so um, like the money people kind of more businessy than relationship than personal. So it'd be more like, did you get the money? Did you get them signed up? And I'm like, well, their dog passed away. And I just, you know, like, let's give it a couple days. <laughs> so like fundamentally, like morally, um, we had different values and that was very obvious. So I would say it was one of the hardest decisions of my life. Cause I kind of felt like I had had a baby and I was like giving my baby away. 
So that was a really difficult decision, but I knew deep down that those weren't people I should be aligned with. And so I had to kind of cut ties and go my own way from there, which was a blessing in disguise anyways, because through that process, I, I lost a ton of money. And yes, I could have went to court one and it would have been like no, no question whatsoever, but energetically, I didn't want to be tied to it for any longer. And so losing that money forced me into accepting a corporate job for a year that I had never been really in corporate. And so I worked at Equinox as a fitness manager for a year and, um, it was quite the experience, but I met so many people and then that kind of launched me into doing my own thing. And that's when I started Unplugged Mornings. I started hosting fitness events and wellness events all over the U.S., traveling, started hosting workshops monthly, and then started hosting retreats. So since then have been completely doing my own thing. So all of that needed to happen. And looking back, it's like I picked the perfect partners to teach me the lessons I needed to learn to move on and grow and expand in this way. So I'm very grateful for all of it. 100%. And um, I uh, had my first business by myself. Second business I started, brought in a partner, and we worked together for like a year and a half, two years, and definitely just had a different approach to a lot of different things and went through some of the challenges and the difficulties of buying a partner out and having that experience. And it's mm -hmm. everybody, you, you go into a partnership hearing advice and be careful with your partners until you actually go through it. And then you realize why people said what they said, because I mean, for one, it's a, it's a marriage with money mm -hmm. Two, like, even when things are going well, there's still so many different dynamics that can go wrong. You were signing tons of people up, but yet the difference, the ethical, why you were signing them up to very different re I mean, so partnerships are just tricky, but if you can go through that at a relatively young age, A, it doesn't necessarily mean you don't ever have partners again. It just forces you to think about them and ask very different questions than what you were asking when you first you know, launched. And secondly, just it's invaluable to go through that experience. It sucks. It's not always easy. And whether you lose money or whether things didn't go the way you wanted to or whatever it may be, but it's, it's a good lesson to learn, although it's not a fun one. <laughs> I know. And you know, it's, it's so interesting to look at because it won't be the last time I pick partners that teach me the lessons I need to learn to move on and grow. But we do that in relationships too. And so say you're in a relationship, you're like, I will never be in a relationship like that again. And all of a sudden you are again. And so having that grace and compassion for yourself that, Hey, sometimes something comes in a different color wrapping with a different color bow. But once you get inside, it's the same thing. So you can't, you know, be so hard on yourself that you couldn't see it because you couldn't see inside the box. You have to actually go through it <laughs> and, and get into it to get to that point. Because I have, I have had another partnership after that, that again, I'm like, well, this person I was really close to and I totally trusted. And it's like, it's still, like you said, when it comes down to money, um, people will kind of do anything. And I'm just not that way where I'm like, I always want to do the right thing. And I'm never judging or anything like that, but they'll just be like that one thing. And this is probably in relationships too, where something comes up and that's when you know for sure you're out, right? So like in, in that one of those partnerships, um, we had interviewed a girl to, to be a manager. And when she left, they had said something like, um, okay, well, we're definitely not hiring her. And I said, well, why? I thought she was great. She had a cross on her arm, so she must be a Christian. And I said, 
you do realize that I'm a Christian, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Partner. <laughs> and they were like, wait, what? You are? Like, we didn't know. And, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, mm, very interesting. But those are the kind of things where I'm like, okay, absolutely not. Because I don't care if you're a Christian or not. I would still hire you. Like, that's not, so I'm not judging and doing that. But if we, like, as a team are saying that because someone has, a tattoo of something um, that we didn't even ask about, then that's a reason. It's like, no, are they qualified for the job? Are they going to be the best person for the job? And because of that, they're probably going to have really good values and really good morals and probably do the right thing the majority of the time. So those are just like some things where it's like two in a relationship, something will pop up. You're like, okay, yeah, probably not the person I'm going to marry. Good to know. hundred percent. hundred percent. No, it's, it's, um, it's also cool because I, I don't think everybody's like this. It's cool that you do have those hard stop parameters, whatever they may be. And not that necessarily you always know what they are at the time, but there's occasionally that thing that goes by and you're like, Oh, that changes a lot of things. I didn't know that. So it's, it's, I mean, obviously that's what standards and standards and ethics are. So I, I think that's a cool thing. So yeah. On on that note, transition me a little into the, uh, the the morning routine that that whole world because I remember when we first spoke, you were talking about just getting out of your morning routine, which is awesome. So so give me the, give me the personal side of that, how long that's been going around, uh, what the idea was, and then transition into basically how you've turned that into a movement, community, business, a ton of different things. So give me the background on that. Yeah. So this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> in 2014, I was on a reality show where I had the opportunity to live in a cave for 60 days. So yes, I lived in a cave. What was the reality? Are you allowed to share what the reality show was? Yeah, it was a live show. So it was actually happening while we were there and it was called Opposite Worlds. Okay. Um, going into it, thought it was called the fierce competitor. So I imagine jumping out of airplanes, hiking mountains, coming back in the best shape of my life. Couldn't have been more opposite. So cue the actual name of the show. Um, it was more like come back emaciated, losing 30 pounds, like not being able to like think or anything, malnourished, all that. So um, lived in- where was, the, where was the cave? Are you allowed to share? So Yeah, that was in Louisiana in the okay. middle of the cow pasture. <laughs> Super exciting. <laughs> super yeah, exciting super <laughs> um yeah and it started january so we were there january through march and uh so in louisiana during this time back in 2014 it was basically a polar vortex it was negative like 13 degrees icy this is the first part of like january february and then all of a sudden it gets hot and sticky and mosquitoes. So we got all of it, the best of both worlds, right? We experienced it all, um, sleeping outside in the dirt with all the, the elements, um, rats and spiders and stink bugs and whatever else was out there. Um, but yeah, so we experienced that. And, you know, I feel like that experience also, you know, prepared me for a time such as <laughs> is this in quarantine where everyone's feeling like, they've gotten so much taken away and their freedoms and the food they want to eat and their toilet paper or whatever the heck. And I'm like, I feel like a queen. I have my fans, my bed, I have water. I have got everything you need. <laughs> everything, right. So it's like when everybody thinks they have nothing, I feel like I have everything. Cause I've actually been in a situation where everything was taken away for an extended period of time. And guess what? I survived. So good news. Um, what, what was the point of the show? Like, what were you trying, were you just trying to survive 60 days or what was the actual 
Yeah. If that was the case, I would have won a million dollars as I did. Um, but no, it was actually called opposite worlds because there were six people living in the past and six people living in the future. And we were separated by a glass wall. So we could see everything they had that we didn't, <laughs> and they could see everything we didn't have that they had. So they didn't really care about that. Um, but we could see they could talk to their house and they could order filet mignon and raspberries and have someone come give them a massage. And they had Tempur-Pedic mattresses and their showers were basically like car washes. They had flat screen TVs, hot tub, literally everything. And we were in the sticks. We, I mean, we literally all went to the bathroom in the same hole that didn't flush. That was great. Um, there was even a time where the camera crew um, refused to come in. Because, oh, I bet it smelled terrible. You know, so they had to come in and do this suction thing, which literally made it like a poop, like bomb blow up. And it went everywhere in the game. <laughs> so we're like, thanks, What's guys. What's the term? You don't, you don't want to eat where you shit or shit where you eat? What's the phrase or something? <laughs> literally. I mean, this was that was one of the biggest things for me, probably why I lost 30 pounds because we had minimal like carrots and celery, like not much food, but some days they would literally just chop a fish head or like a pig in half and just, it's like laying there. So there's like flies all over it. And then the flies are over in our hole and then they're back on that. But the guys were like, get the fire going. We're eating this, <laughs> you know? And then they're all sick back in the hole. Yep. And I'm like, that's because that fly was here and there. And it's, I'm not going to eat that. It's like, no, it's not worth it. Um, so yes, that the whole point was that, and there would be times where we would move into the present. So the past and the future would meet in the present and we would have worldly challenges and duel of destinies and battles for the worlds. Um, we started in the past. And so it was very hard for us to get out of there because we weren't eating or sleeping or anything. So their team just kept beating us, beating us, beating us. I think it was about I don't know, six weeks in or so when we finally won. So we actually did get to go over to the future, um, I think for like four days. And what was really funny is by then we had become this wolf pack that was actually <laughs> surviving together. We went to the bathroom together. We ate together. We slept together. Um, we were taking care of each other. So when we moved over there, we actually just put all the mattresses in the middle of the floor and all- Mega fort. <laughs> yeah. and, we, and we went, we still went in all the bathrooms together and then we would all eat together and we just were like a family unit. Just, we did everything. Whereas when you would look over at them, one person would be watching TV, one person eating, one person, they were all very separated and they all had technology. So they had devices and we didn't. Um, and we were super, super close. I mean, I'm still best friends with one of the girls who was, and actually, so one of the girls that was in the cave with me is my best friend. We ended up hiking Kilimanjaro and doing all these crazy unplugged experiences. But the other girl actually lives above me. Currently, her bedroom is right above me. Oh, that's me. amazing. <laughs> in the future. And so well, while we quarantined, we got to quarantine again six years later. Um, and so it was very different. But different circumstances, but basically the same idea. <laughs> Separated yeah. with technology, that whole thing. <laughs> yes, all of that. Um, but yeah, all that to say from that experience of having no outlets. So I'm an outlet girl. I have three fans in my room that I plug in. I turn on at night for the noise. I plug in, obviously my computer. I don't, people who don't sleep with a fan and sleep in silence intimidate I, me. I, I don't, I don't understand it. When I cannot it, until yeah. I'm forced to for 60 days in a cave, but I didn't sleep very much. But then, you, then you get like the stars and you get bugs and you get those noises as well. Oh, but it, people was closed, it was a closed cave. You oh, oh, uh, you got the fancy closed there. cave. <laughs> yeah, it was closed. It was literally like rock above us. So that was it. Um, yeah, but I, I thought about all of these different outlets, you know, and I would, I'll travel with my Nutribullet and my fan in my bag when I go flying. That's a real thing. 
that so that really takes a lot of the weight so i can't really take any clothes <laughs> there's some 50 pounds right there yeah <laughs> So I was thinking about all these outlets that I feel like every day I need to survive and I didn't have any, but then I also started thinking about other outlets that we plug into when we are seeking happiness or trying to fill a void. And that could be drugs, alcohol, retail therapy, a relationship after relationship, like so many different things we plug into for like temporary pleasure, like, okay, or I'll just forget about it for a little bit. Um, so fast forward a little bit after this cave experience, I was, um, getting an energy healing and I kind of floated up outside of my body and was looking there and I started seeing all those outlets again and I saw myself actually reach for the outlet unplug it and plug it into myself and it was like in that moment that my whole life made sense all of the failed relationships and the jobs I didn't get and the moves and the not moves and all of that kind of stuff I just knew that that all had to happen to bring me into that present moment and then it made sense why I was in that cave and I thought I woke up, I'm like, unplugged, unplugged mornings. Like, I have to teach people to unplug every single day, to disconnect from all the devices and the chaos and the noise of the world and truly plug into themselves every day so that they can then respond instead of react to everything that happens in their life. Like, when I fill my cup up first thing in the morning before anything else, and I fill it with love and joy and abundance and scripture and all that, that's what I pour out onto others because we serve from the overflow, whatever it is. But if I'm like, on my phone first thing and it's like, oh, I forgot to send that text and I forgot this, oh, this person thinks this and on Instagram I'm comparing myself. Then all of a sudden I go out and I, I pour that onto people like judgment and fear and doubt. So it's just super important. And so that's really where Unplugged was born from that experience of being unplugged and then creating more experiences in my life where I was like, here, take my phone, take my computer. I'm going to Africa. I'm going to hike. Like, I don't want any of this. And I even, I've done several reality shows since. And the reason I say yes is because I'm like, they're going to take all my technology. I'm so excited. No one can get a hold of me. <laughs> so for you, is that time, like, is that, excuse me, is that unplugged time? Is that like, are you moving quickly or are you actually slowed down? And I don't mean slowed down, like I don't mean moving quickly in a bad way, but is that like, are you getting energy from that quiet time in the morning or are you trying to like be still slow down? Kind of what's your, I, in my, I asked the question because I have done some truly, un, like I've gone to Alaska and done a couple trips and gone through that experience where like, put the phone away or some mission trips. I try to do the same exact thing. I'm not very good at it, but like when I actually go through the experience, it takes me about like five days to fully unwind, like to the point where I'm actually, I know I'm totally present. It takes me about 30 seconds to wind back up if I grab my phone or do whatever, but it takes me about five days. And then what I notice is like, when I'm at first trying to slow down, it seems like my brain's speeding up. And then there's like the moment of like, you reach a place where you feel content, you feel quiet, you f and then in a different way, I feel like my mind speeds back up, but it feels much healthier. It's not scatterbrained, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but it's a weird, like, first I need to slow down more and like get rid of the noise. And then when I do, I kind of speed back up in a different way. So I, I don't know if you have a similar experience or different or what that's like for you. Yeah, I love that you said five days. So mine is, has been seven days always. Even living in that cave, it took me seven days before I'm like, okay, well, my body has kind of morphed to this like dirt patch and it kind of is comfortable now and I'm okay with this amount of food. And you got the greasiness from not showering and that whole thing. Oh gosh, <laughs> we, we didn't shower, wash our hair, brush our teeth, 
shave our legs, nothing that whole time. Oh, yummy. <laughs> yeah, so there was that. I think all the producers were super stoked. Um, but hey, that was them putting us in that situation. No, but I love you say that you say that because also I think with any like new habit that we're creating um, or eliminating, like right now I'm on five days of no coffee. And I think anytime something kind of gets a stronghold, like where I feel like I have to have it to like go about my day. I remember a friend once said, I don't like who I am when I'm not like on coffee. And I'm like, wow, that's who you really are. <laughs> who you are off coffee is who you really are. So you might want to get in touch with that person and start to really love that person. So anytime I'm like, where's the coffee? I'm like, okay, I got to cut it. And it takes about seven days for me to be like, okay, I could probably just go without. I don't need that again, whatever it is. Um, but that, that time in the morning, so unplugged is a nine step process using each of the letters of unplugged. And that first one is universe union, right? So with yourself. So the first thing is you could do deep breathing, box breathing, any kind of breathing to just reconnect with yourself first thing when you wake up. And it's also a time to check in to say, did I, you know, did I get eight hours of sleep, but I'm still tired and fatigued. Maybe I need to reach for that water that should be right next to my bed and chug that down and hydrate myself and then see how I feel after that. So that's really the first part of it is waking up slowly. So not like, again, if you reach for the phone and see a message, your heart might start racing right then of like, I forgot to do this. And so just being able to wake up slowly and breathe, connect with your breath, the one thing that I think we take for granted the most in this life that we actually can't live without. <laughs> so I think that's a lot of times where people, you start to panic and they're like, just breathe, slow your breathing down. And so, you know, especially with what's going on in the world, this, this virus that's affecting your breathing and kind of taking your breath away. It's like every day we should just first thing say thankful, you know, be thankful for the breath in our lungs. So that's the first part of it. Then nourish is the next one. So that's kind of what I was saying with the water, make sure you're nourishing your body for whatever you have planned for that day. So if maybe you're doing intermittent fasting and you are just going to do coffee or something, but if you have a big workout coming up, maybe it's oatmeal, like just being really intentional with what you are consuming in your body. Um, but then also what you're reading and looking into in conversations and what you kind of have going on with that. So those are the first two. Um, the P um, has always been play, but I've also added in pray because I think it's important to do both every day. So play and pray. Uh, I like to stop, drop, and pray at any time when someone specifically asks me. I used to be a prayer procrastinator. I'm like, I'm going to pray for you. And I wanted to be the perfect prayer warrior, right? So I wanted to do it later when I could do it better and more perfect. And I thought half the time I then forget. And that was such, it's such a nice tagline. Oh, I'm praying for you, thinking about you. And then I stop and think, I have not remembered to do that. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's where I think, too, in those moments, like, ask more questions. Who specifically am I praying for? What's their name? Um, what time is that doctor's appointment so I can pray at that time and I can put it in my calendar to actually do it? So I've gotten a lot better, but I, I used to be a, a selfish prayer person too because say I'm praying for my grandfather to be well. It's really more for me because I don't want to lose him than it is so for true. Him. So there's, there's a lot of things that came up with that, um, but also play. So whether that's playing an instrument, playing with your dog, playing with your kid, just getting outside and just dancing to the beat of your own drum, but just doing something fun every single day, I think is really important. And I think another thing that we really overlook, we just want to go, go, go. And we forget about fun and that, that inner child. 
So that's that. Um, L is learning. So again, this is all an unplugged process. So audible audiobooks don't work here. You got to pick up the old school, whether that's your Bible, a book, your devotional, and highlight some stuff, make some notes. Because whatever's in there, I, I truly believe that you read until the message hits. And there's something for you in that message for that day that's going to help you through something that comes up. So some situation that's going to present itself in that day, you're going to respond differently because of what you read that morning. I truly believe that. So I feel like the right book falls off the shelf when it's supposed to, um, and to just like really lean in. Also a good time to learn a new word, maybe old school dictionary if you're studying for something, whatever that is. Um, and then- what's the, the most, what's the most recent word you've learned? The most recent word? Oh my gosh, there was actually one from- the Bible the other day that I looked up because I didn't know it, or maybe it was my devotional and I, I don't remember, <laughs> but I, got, I can't say, I can't say I've, I've learned a word in probably two or three weeks. So I, I'm with it you. Was something in the devotional where I'm like, what does that actually mean? So I did look it up. Um, I'll message you later and let you yeah, know. Cool. Good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, the you of that is unleashed. So this is a time where we get to forgive. So I think it's important every day that we take time to forgive ourselves um, and forgive others. So it could be something minimal, right? Like, oh, me and my roommate, you know, had an argument over the trash or something, right? And it's like, okay, forgive yourself for that. Forgive that person. Let it go because you don't realize, again, kind of like we were talking about earlier with the stress, just the weight of those little tiny things where you kind of think they're a confrontation, but it's more like a carefrontation. It's just like you care, and so you need to like communicate and talk about it. Now, it could be something bigger that you need to let go of, and maybe it's um, a family type of thing, and you just every day you want to say, I'm releasing this more with love. I'm releasing this. I forgive. And it might take weeks or months for that to actually happen. So just kind of getting some weight off early in the morning as well. Um, and then the two G's are uh, generosity and gratitude. So finding a way you can be generous for another human every single day. So a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have any money. I'm like, generosity doesn't always equal money. It can be time. Which in fact, is rarely, rarely does it actually equal money. Right. Exactly. Time. Exactly. Um, and so it's like, if you know that you have a friend going through something, just call them, give them that, that time or write some handwritten, uh, handwritten notes. I love to do that. I love snail mail. So I'll like take some time to just write a couple notes, put those in the mail. Uh, but there's so many different things. And I, I really like to help like strangers. So I'm like, whether that's with directions or just anything that they need. So I'll find something every single day, a way to be generous. And, um, and then gratitude, I will do a gratitude list, usually three things every single day, just to get into that abundant mindset. Instead of worrying about what I don't have, I want to focus on the things that I do have. If I'm feeling really funky, I'll just keep writing like 50 things. Like, here you go. Just so you know, you have a lot to be grateful for. Um, and then to your point and your question in the beginning, the E is exercise. So this is where you get to get up and start moving your body. And whether that's just stretching, foam rolling, whether that's a HIIT workout, yoga, so many different options to move your body. And then the D is declare. So just declaring what kind of day that you want to have. So I'm going to have an abundant day, an adventurous day. I am going to hike today and connect with friends. I'm going to crush this interview, whatever it is, just declaring what you want to happen, I think is super important. So that can all be done in like nine minutes. You can do a minute on each, or you can spend two hours in that. So kind of whatever you have time for, but by the end of that, you will have that like slow into like the movement of like, okay, I'm ready for the day. I love that. So when you 
so this is you came up with this right this is all yeah. sort of your approach to it what did you so once once you created this in your own mind your own world and started practicing what did you choose to do with it then after there the first thing i did was i started hosting free workouts at mother's beach which i can see from my apartment now so it's like so crazy that i live here and that's where it was but 6 30 a.m every wednesday it would be unplugged mornings workout so i would lead a 45 minute workout on the beach and then we would go have coffee and no one could have their phones out like airplane mode phones like for this like kind of two hours and at coffee i would bring these like wayne dyer little quotes and people would pull one they'd read the quote and then they would like um, relate it to their life and what they're going through. And then I would have questions just like, what's the biggest challenge in your life right now? And what's one way we can support you? So it was really cool because there was a lot of people that came from like Instagram that I didn't know. Um, and then also like people where it's kind of like when you have a Bible study or a church group, you might not do all of life with them, but you're so close and they know you more than some of your closest friends. So every Wednesday, I really looked forward to this. And that's like the only time I saw most of those people, but they were like brothers and sisters. And we knew just the deepest, darkest secrets and we would like work through things together. So that's really how it started. And then from there, I started hosting two-hour events, so unplugged events at different gyms and studios. So started in Santa Monica and then started traveling to like Nashville, Dallas, Portland, just kind of all over and partnering with a bunch of different brands and sponsors. And so each time they would have a workout, there'd be like two or three guest speakers and then they would get a goodie bag to take with them. And it was all about just like connecting people, bringing them together um, and helping them kind of find their purpose and their why and everything. So that's really what that kind of went on. Then I went to workshops monthly. Then I went to retreats, so unplugged retreats. And so they would be unplugged for like four or five days. We'd be in Big Sur or Hawaii, Yosemite, Zion. And it was just very transformational. And like you said, the five-day thing, it's like the, the two to four-hour things were teases up to the unplugged retreats where there could be like lasting transformation. That's amazing. So uh, that, how many different... How many different, like, I guess, states or I mean, states or countries did you travel to in the midst of all this? Did you keep track? Oh, my gosh. I don't have the exact number, but I would say 30. Probably. No way. That's insane. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. From so, 2018, so I think it started in 2018. And then, yeah, so about two years, all that. I mean, everything escalated and happened really quickly, too, because even from that, once I was hosting all those retreats, people wanted to know how to host retreats. So I became a retreat coach and that's how I built a six figure business, just doing retreat coaching. And um, then from there, I actually went into hosting a mastermind that just wrapped up in July. Uh, and now I'm moving more into faith-based specific retreats and I'll be doing a um, year long um, entrepreneur like circle network. So it's sort of like a mastermind, but it'll be a, a full year and it'll be more like a network of people coming together. That's amazing. So tell me more about that. So I know, I know that's what you're, you're fired up and excited about now. So give me a little bit more. I, I, yeah. Give me a little bit more about what you guys are doing and what remind me what the name is. So uh, there's three different names. <laughs> cool. Perfect. <laughs> um, the one is 10, which is the entrepreneur network. That's going to be a year long mastermind where we have, um, bi-weekly calls. We have four events that will hopefully be in person, maybe virtual for the first one. But might, have to start, might have to start virtual, but that's yeah. all right. Work your way towards it. 
But I, I have been a part of two different masterminds and hosted one in this last year. And that has accelerated my growth more than anything I've ever done by just being around people who have already done what I want to do and have done it successfully. They have the blueprint and they can share that with me. And when I follow it, I get the results that I'm looking for. So I want to do that same thing, bringing people together. There's a few other organizations like the Entrepreneur Organization, YPO, Young People Organization, but I don't think there's one that's really for just like coaches and entrepreneurs like in our kind of age group. So I'm really excited to be able to hold that container in that space and just connect people because that's what I love to do. So that's one of them. Uh, the other one is the Beautiful Mind uh, Retreat, which is going to be with a partner, Jessica. She's absolutely beautiful. And that's going to be the faith-based retreat that we're going to host here in Marina Del Rey, right back at Mother's Beach where it all began. Um, so we're really excited about that. We're going to do um, worship. We're going to have church. We're going to have water baptisms. We're going to have Bible study and then adventures and everything will be outside. So that'll be really cool. And then uh, the last thing is business baptism, which is my own brand that I am launching. And that is a 12 step program to help people clean up their business from the inside out. So really moving from risky business to holy business and laying that firm foundation from the beginning. Cause I think a lot of times in business and like, as we were, have been talking about throughout this conversation, you get there at some point you're doing something that's not legal, but you don't really know that because you didn't lay the right foundation and you didn't do things right from the beginning, whether that's getting your trademark or your LLC and separate bank accounts and just all these little things that you don't think about. I want them to have that, but I really think it starts with baptizing your mind, right? So everything from the inside out to where baptism, the definition is an external change of an internal change, right? Like an external, everyone can see it externally because you changed on the inside. So with your mind too, and I think it's Romans 12, two, that's be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I want to start there and, and renew their mind so that they know that they're capable of having a successful business and that they're able to do that. Then we move into like the actual steps of that, um, how that's done and then calling in your ideal clients and, and getting kind of everything just ready to go. So you have a successful business. So would that be, sounds like that's more for the new entrepreneur, not necessarily like an established business, but more the new, or not new entrepreneur, but a newer business, right? Well, I, it can actually be both because you can be two years in and you did everything wrong, right? right. So we want to clean up your business from the inside out. So we got to go back to square one and we got to start over and we got to lay that foundation. And then from there, you're going to call in if you're going to attract a different kind of client, but the right fit for you. So a lot of times the people I work with, they're like, man, I keep getting all these clients that I want to fire. Like I don't want to work with them. And I'm like, that's because you weren't clear on your message and who you are. So you were just taking anything that you could get. And all of a sudden you're working with a bunch of people that aren't your ideal client. It's not a good fit and it's stressing you way more than it should be. Um, but when you get to the right place where you know, without a shadow of a doubt, this is a good fit. Yes. No, you don't end up with those same issues. I had a message from a friend this morning that was like, Hey, I think I'm at that point where I need to fire a client. Like, what do I, what do I do? Yeah. How do I go about this? Yeah. And it's like, well, let's go back. Let's <laughs> get that foundation set and let's move from that space. And that's okay to go back and start over. So whether you have ne never had a business and you're just starting cool, or you're two years in and you want to go back and like, do it right. I like that. I like that a lot. So with all the different things that you've done, what, what's sort of the big influence that you want to have on the world, on people in your own life, individuals you meet, the, the broad spectrum, what, what influence do you want to have? 
overall, I want to point people back to Jesus. I think um, a lot of times people, like I even mentioned earlier, my business partners didn't even know I was a Christian. And I think that's because I just hold space. I don't judge people. And so a lot of times people ask me, what's that light about you? You have this like light about you or how could you forgive that person after what they did to you? And for me, it's like, I'm, you know, on my own strength, I could never forgive that person, but I always go back to that's the Jesus inside of me. And I want to spread more love and I want that to become a ripple effect for others. Like, because I don't judge them, I want them to not judge others. So overall, it's um, really just kind of being that example in life. And then when people ask, so instead of like this intimidating pressure thing of like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And if you don't, you're wrong. And you're going to go here and so <laughs> there, right? It's like, no, just be that example. And if people ask, then you can tell them. Um, but that, that's really it. I think just pointing people back to Jesus and my, my why in life is to facilitate relationships so we can live in a more connected world. So everything I do is to facilitate relationships. Every message I get from someone, it's like, they need a job, they need an apartment, they need a, a doctor. I'm like, okay, immediately like download, they could Google this stuff, but I'm like, okay, I know the right person for you. So I know that God gifted me with that of just like immediately knowing who to connect them with. And so that's, I feel like why I'm here. I love that. And that was going to transition to my next question is, favorite question in the world is what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? And maybe those, all of those kind of pair together, but, uh, what does it get you out of bed in the morning to jump right into uh, your morning unplugged routine? <laughs> yeah, I get very excited to wake up in the morning and listen to worship music and to, to go through my morning routine and all of that. Um, but I know like knowing your purpose in life and knowing your why and like my grandpa, let's take it back to Gramps because we started <laughs> with him. He would always say, what's your raison d'etre? And I, first of all, I didn't know how to spell that. I didn't know what language that was. So I was like, whatever. Grant. Yeah, excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah, but, um, but then when I learned what it is, it's French for reason for being. And he said, as long as you know your raison d'etre, your reason for being, you'll always keep moving forward. So once I knew that I didn't have to be a professional athlete or professional musician, <laughs> that, that <laughs> I always thought God just didn't gift me or I didn't have the talent because I didn't go that far. Um, once I realized that my why could be as simple as connecting people, right? Like just bringing people together. Uh, then I was like, okay, everything in life became easier because I knew what to say yes to. I knew what to say no to. I knew how to show up. And so now I get excited every day to wake up and to do that, to do the thing that I was brought here to do. It's amazing. That's so good. So for people that want to reach out to you, connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? Instagram, because it kind of connects to everything. So on Instagram, it's just Lauren L. Schwab. And yeah, from there, I post about upcoming things. I'm not a much of a platform person. So for me to be on like multiple platforms is not really a thing. It's too so much. Instagram. Just there, pick one. Everything. Yeah. It's like the most anti-Gary V, if you know who Gary V is, who's like, you got to be on all the different socials, whatever. Nah, just pick one. Find one that you're good at. Yeah. I mean, that's that hustle thing where my whole thing is slow down to speed up, to like really come down. And it's kind of like almost like CrossFit, right? it hasn't been around long enough for us to see the the long-term effects of what it's doing to people's bodies. I mean, you kind of can, but same thing with Gary Vee. I'm like, okay, this has been about like what, 10 years of him talking about this. All these people that are like hustle, hustle, hustle are going to be dropping like flies soon. So we got oh, yeah. <laughs> to slow down, unplug. <laughs> so good. So uh, is there anything, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Whatever you are currently going through in your life, like be encouraged to like, 
you know your raison d'etre, right? So you'll keep moving forward. Just don't give up. Like things are going to happen. Life truly is a roller coaster. It There's ups and downs, there's twists, there's turns, there's scary moments. But as long as you know who you are and whose you are, you will keep moving forward and you will get through it. And there will be the time um, where you look back and connect all the dots and it will all make sense. That's such a good word. I needed to hear that today. So thank you. <laughs> well, Lauren, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Truly appreciate it. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.